Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to The Less Stressed Life, all about making this your time to feel freaking awesome about your life, health, and happiness. This podcast of The Less Stressed Life is hosted by Krista Bigler. Krista is an integrative registered dietitian nutritionist who specializes in reducing food-related stress, inflammation, and symptoms of food sensitivities. To learn more, visit lessstresslife.com. So today on The Less Stressed Life, I'm excited that we're going to get to talk to Dr. Raleigh Duncan. And Dr. Raleigh Duncan is an early pioneer in the infrared sauna industry. But first, before we talk about Dr. Duncan, I want to tell you why we're going to talk about saunas today a little bit. Because they, they're well known in some circles and not as well in others. And everyone deserves to know about the benefits of sauna and all the things you can do for your health Um that you can that you can do multitasking sitting still i mean there's a there's a lot of benefit and there's a lot of people don't necessarily know all about sauna so the first time i sat in a sauna i really didn't enjoy it because I didn't know how to enjoy it, right? I'm one of those people who has a hard time sitting still, which is kind of a problem in general, right? But there wasn't like good prep. So, but the most important thing is this is maybe the piece that you would care about. I didn't heal the last five to 10% of my eczema, my skin didn't improve completely 100% until I was using Asana regularly. And so I can't wait for Dr. Duncan to kind of shed light on exactly why that is. But basically, once I learned about my own genetics and my poor abilities to detox appropriately, I started using sauna regularly. But when I first started using it regularly, I had a friend help me into it, right? She gave me, she, it was at her home. She gave me plenty of water, told me, here, read this book, towel off, do all these things that I didn't learn at a place where I went in to try a sauna. So today, I'm hoping that we uncover and make sure that your first or next sauna experience is even better than the last one. And you understand and realize and are, are really happy about all the benefits you can get from that. So, Dr. Duncan is here to tell us all things sauna today, so much about sauna. He uh, was an early pioneer in the infrared sauna industry. He founded Clear Light Infrared over 20 years ago and has been awarded numerous patents pertaining to heater and sauna systems, sorry, symptoms, common word for me to say, systems that have been uh, revolutionized uh, infrared therapy. 
He's worked for a couple decades to understand and codify how infrared can best heal the body safely and effectively. Dr. Duncan lives in Berkeley, California with his wife, artist Heidi Tarver. Welcome to the show, Dr. Duncan. Thanks, Krista. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah. So tell us, you know, we know now that you've been in the sauna industry for a, you know, a couple decades, but that's not where you started. So tell us where this all began for you. Okay. Um, so real briefly, though, I was in manufacturing for 20 years and looking to do something more with my life, something to give back. So I trundled out to California and enrolled in chiropractic college. And while I was in chiropractic college, I, uh, I needed to make some income. So I became a massage therapist and I was massaging my way through chiropractic school. And I found one of these infrared saunas. It was hardly known. In fact, it wasn't known at all. And I put one in my home, in my massage room, uh, to sort of make my home into a spa to attract more clients. And then that's when it all began. I started seeing the benefits of this new type of infrared sauna in that when I put the people on the table after being in the sauna, their muscles would be relaxed and people started reporting that skin conditions were clearing up, they were sleeping better. And so I saw there is something going on. So I switched from being a massage therapist to starting a business with infrared saunas and selling them. Then I got into designing them and then building them. So it's been a progression. Um, and I did finish chiropractic school and I practiced for a while. So I've been, the business is over 22 years old now, and now we ship saunas all over the world. So that's it kind of in the, the, the nutshell version of that. Yeah, that is a pretty, uh, short little nutshell. It's a great way to summarize 20 years pretty quickly. Uh, I think, I think that it would, and maybe, I don't know if you want to speak to this relationship, but it's clear light sauna, but it's also owned by a parent company, right? Um, and when did that happen? Yes. So, uh, clear light infrared, actually we started off as sauna works and then clear light infrared about a year and a half ago, we signed, um, an arrangement with jacuzzi brands. And everyone knows jacuzzi, uh, across internationally, there are big, well-respected company. So we still own Clearlight Infrared, myself and my business partner, Andy, but we work very closely with Jacuzzi and they've been great partners and opened up uh, a lot of doors for us uh, internationally and they have 2,500 dealers. So um, it's been a great relationship so far, but we've, we're still running the company ourselves mm-hmm. okay. and mm-hmm. building the okay. saunas and all that. All right. So you started with building saunas, but let's say someone is listening and they've come in by the title of this episode and they honestly, they really don't know what a sauna, they think that a sauna is something that you throw water on in the pool room to add steam. So tell us about the difference between what maybe that picture of the sauna is versus an infrared sauna. Sure. Great question. So most people still today, when they think sauna, they think of what we would call the traditional sauna or the Finnish sauna, or the box of hot rock saunas. So you go in a room, and it'll have some benches, and then this metal box of hot rocks. The hot rocks are heated, and then you throw some water on it. So how that works, and and every culture has some type of sauna. Uh, And that's what's very interesting about that. But the Finnish sauna, the one that we've adopted in this country, works by heating the air up. The heated air is 
heated up to about 200, 220 degrees Fahrenheit. So as you're sitting in there, it's the heated air that's doing the work of heating the body. So enter the scene, infrared sauna out of Japan over 35 years ago. And the infrared sauna works much differently. So it looks somewhat the same. You have a bench. They're usually made out of cedar or some other wood. And you go in and sit down. But the first thing you notice is that the air temperature inside is not so beastly hot. And there are these infrared heaters around. So the infrared comes off the heaters as a wavelength. And it travels through the air without giving up much of its energy and penetrates into the soft tissue. So that's where it's so much different than a regular Finnish type or traditional sauna, because number one, you can breathe. It's, a, it's very comfortable to stay in there. And instead of just the heat on the skin making you sweat, you have the heat going into your body very safely, very therapeutically, relaxing your muscles, helping to detox, doing all these things. So that's the basic difference. There's less uh, time needed to warm the sauna up because we're not trying to warm all the air up. We're just trying to get the heaters going. It's more energy efficient. And because of all that, most people can put them in their houses very easily. They assemble in about an hour. And uh, the two-person, one-person models just plug into any three-pronged outlet you have. So then it becomes something that Anyone can have the sauna. You can have it in your apartment. And if you move, you just take the wall sections apart, unplug it, and take it with you. So that's that's the main difference, and uh, that's what the infrared sauna, that's where it starts. Yeah, I forgot to mention this earlier. I was sort of getting interested in sauna and considering maybe I should get a sauna, and I ended up on the right blog post that took me down the right rabbit hole, so I learned about the types of infrared. And actually, it led me down a rabbit hole to finding a YouTube video of you speaking about the different types of infrared um, specifically. Uh, and so, and actually, the thing that stuck out to me in that post, so people might think, oh, that's a luxury thing, right? But right. the girl that that wrote the post said, you know, this is about as luxurious as I feel giving myself this kind of self care, right? This is a this is a great form of self care. I live out in the middle of nowhere where I can't access this and this and this. So this is something I give back to myself for self care every day. So if you want to speak to that, and then just in general, um, go into the types of infrared. Yeah, so the self care is is really spot on. We think of a sauna as a luxury in this country, mostly because you'd have to be pretty rich to have a sauna in your house because they would be built in and, you know, it's uh, you'd have to have a big house and all that. But really, like I said before, all cultures, whether it's the Moroccan hammam, the Russian banya, the Finnish sauna, the Native American sweat lot, every culture has known that heating the body up is good for you. So some of the things that, that happen, and I'll just briefly touch on this and then we'll get back to it. Uh, Cleveland Clinic is a very well-respected hospital in Cleveland. They have 36,000 employees. They're the number two hospital uh, just under Mayo Clinic. And Dr. Michael Roizen, who's the chief wellness officer of Cleveland Clinic at the Global Wellness Summit, said and recommended that everyone take an infrared sauna four times a week. 
And if you would do that, some of the benefits that he cited were 50% less chance of sudden cardiac death, 60% less chance of dementia and stroke. So this is from uh, Cleveland Clinic. So we'll get into some of the benefits, but that's just starting out. So it's a tool that will help you live your life uh, so much better and healthier and relaxed and, and everything. So the way that this infrared sauna works, now they're uh, in the infrared sauna world, it used to just be far infrared, but now there's mid infrared and, and near infrared. So these are just different bandwidths of uh, the infrared spectrum. Far is closest to what we emit, well, we emit far infrared from our bodies. So it's in the, the, the wavelengths that are closest to what we put out from our body. Then mid is a little shorter of a wavelength. And mid-infrared is used for healing wounds. And it's a, a pretty good at uh, heating the body and the core. And then near-infrared has uh, actually is much different because it goes deeper into the body to heat the core and has uh, been used for uh, many different things. If you just type in near-infrared and healing, let's say in a Google search, you'll just come up with a plethora of different conditions that it's uh, been researched and shown to help. So those are the three uh, different infrareds, and we use all of them in our saunas to heal the body. So that's been my quest over the last 20 years is really to figure out um, how can we heal the body? If somebody gets in the sauna, what can we do to make their lives better and uh, uh, healthier and more productive? So, Well, let's talk a little bit about that physiology. When you get in the sauna, what happens to the body? I mean, we are, we're heating the body up. Maybe we can talk yep. about how that core temperature changes. What else is happening inside? So let's start with core temperature change. So we're going to heat the body up a degree or two, and that's all that's necessary. We're going to create a false fever in the body. And what happens is that the body will then, uh, your metabolism will be uh, boosted. Your immune system will engage. And, and we're, so we're boosting the immune system, boosting the metabolism. But uh, everything else works very well for one very simple reason. If you think of what happens in infrared, and again, this is much different than any other type of traditional sauna or steam sauna in that the infrared comes into the body, into the soft tissue that can penetrate an inch up to an inch and a half. And when that happens, you get a vasodilation. So vasodilation is just a, a fancy uh, word for your blood vessels open up, your veins, arteries, little venues, arterioles. And when that happens, when your blood vessels open up globally, so if you're in a really good infrared sauna, you have heaters all around you. And that's part of the reason. So all your blood vessels open up and then the body senses that the blood pressure has gone down because it has. So it's also really good to lower blood pressure. But when that happens, the body says, hey, blood pressure is going down. We've got to pump more blood around the body. So the heart will start to work harder. But it's not working harder like you're stressing it. It's in a more passive. So I call it a passive aerobic. So the body, uh, the <laughs> the blood is coursing through the body and bringing oxygenated uh, blood 
to the areas that need healing, taking the toxins out through the organs of elimination, through sweating. So many of the things that happen are all because of this vasodilation. So it's not a big mystery. It's just in this uh, increasing the blood and you're burning calories and all these things are getting set off as you're just sitting in there uh, feeling good, your pain's getting reduced, your muscles are relaxed, you're going into parasympathetic mode. So that's a big thing also. Um, parasympathetic is the opposite of fight or flight. Fight or flight is when the body is in the sympathetic mode and it has that feeling and reacting, a lot of cortisol, it thinks it's being chased by a tiger. So in this vasodilation, we're going to put you in parasympathetic. So the body is really smart. And all healing happens in the parasympathetic mode because the body's so smart, it says, oh, my God, we're being chased by a tiger. Let's put all our energy into that and worry about healing the long-term thing uh, later on because we don't know if we're going to be eaten by the tiger. But the problem, Chris, is everybody in our culture now, it's so stressed out, our body thinks we're being chased by a tiger all the time. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I kind of went off on a little tangent, but that's, uh, that's basically what happens when you get in the sauna. I love it. I'm going to summarize that a little bit because you did a beautiful job lighting up a lot of light bulbs, I hope, to the people that are listening, right? So the vasodilation's really not the mystery. It's the it's the action here, right? The, the yes. blood pressure goes down, the blood pressure goes down, but at the same time, we're pumping more blood. But it's almost like exercising while sitting still, right? Passive aerobics. And I mean, when you get out, for me, at least, I do feel like I just exercised. And that's, if you haven't ever exercised, that's a great feeling, right? And so it's, it it's a lovely thing to be able to sit down and read a book and come out and feel like you just worked out. <laughs> you feel excellent, right? Um, but I love what you just said. I mean, you just spoke to me. You know, the, the name of this podcast is called Less Stress Life. It's really not because we're all experts on stress and this is all about reduction of stress, but because this whole thing is a journey of healing, right? And inflammation is really, um, you know, that medical term for stress. And it's just so prevalent, like you said, right? And I, I have to say this to people sometimes because it's a very common thing that I see with clients is that they are in a lot of stress. They're successfully running families and businesses and whatever, and they are in a lot of stress. And so sometimes I just let them know that you will not heal if you do not learn how to de-stress or activate that parasympathetic side. So thank you for allowing me to massage that point just a little bit more. Yeah, it's so important. And people are so stressed out. And I know you see it in, in the people you talk to. They've been like that for so long they don't even know that they're stressed. And then you get adrenal burnout. And what I've seen is that people actually reset. There's a set point between sympathetic and parasympathetic. And so if you can make the body go into parasympathetic, so you go in the infrared sauna, it's going to go into parasympathetic. You're going to relax. You don't have to do anything. This is the, the greatest part about the infrared sauna if you say, hey, if you'll work out three times a week for 40 minutes and eat this grass or, you know, do this, uh, you'll be healthier. And a lot of people can do that for a week or two, but they can't do it for the long haul. But everybody can just, you know, 
three times a week, go into a sauna, put on some lovely music, relax, you know, uh, reduce the stress and just do that. And it would make such a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Actually, I think this is a good segue into what is your favorite? This kind of goes under the umbrella of how do you get the most out of your sauna experience? What is your favorite sauna rituals, right? Because you probably don't go in there and just twiddle your thumbs. So what do you enjoy doing while you're in the sauna? So let's start before you go in the sauna. Um, I like to do dry brushing. I don't know if you advocate that much, but dry brushing is very simple. It's probably the cheapest thing you can do. You go and get one of those long handled dry brushes at the pharmacy. Make sure it's a natural bristle. And then before you go in the sauna, you can actually do it in the first few minutes in the sauna. You just brush uh, towards the heart. So brush your arms, your legs. What this is going to do, it's going to stimulate the lymph. It's going to remove dead skin cells. It's going to prepare your skin for detoxification, prepare your body. So then you go in the sauna, preheat the sauna, the infrared sauna for about 20 minutes. When you first go in, it doesn't feel like there's anything happening because it's not real hot. It's just a little warm. And then in three minutes time, the infrared's coming in the body. So that's what I do. Go in, put a towel down on the bench, take in a liter of water, something like that. You're going to want to drink water during your session because you're going to lose water in the perspiration. Now, I like to meditate. Sometimes I'll meditate in the sauna or I'll put some very relaxing music. We have Bluetooth and uh, or you can uh, directly connect your um, smartphone in there. Uh, I've tried reading, but once you start perspiring, um, it doesn't really work. Sometimes I'll take my iPad in and uh, put something on Kindle or, you know, an audio book. So kind of mix it up and uh the, the problem for me, Krista, I've been taking infrared saunas so long, 20 minutes, 20 minutes time is all I can really handle. I'm just I'm just dripping wet. I, I, I'm ready to get out in that time. But it takes the, the more you use a sauna, the more that that will happen because your body, just like your body gets hungry at a certain time every day, it will learn to sauna at a certain time every day. So. That's uh, that's my that's my ritual then to either towel off or take a shower, preferably because there'll be toxins on the skin and then uh, try to be peaceful. That's what I try to do, just not to go from that into some task oriented thing, but to take that that relaxation and and just let it sink in. Now, you mentioned it. I mentioned it before. This passive aerobic is a very interesting thing. Because I'll get my heart rate up to what would be a normal working heart rate in exercise. But I'm not stressing. I'm not, you know, I'm not panting. So it's a very different feeling. It's a, it's a feeling of, I guess, energy, of health, of vibrancy. There's something going on in this passive cardio. So I like to let that calm down a little and relax, and then I'm done. Yeah, and I'll share a little bit about my sauna thing, because it, you know, I got my sauna about the time I started reading this book about morning rituals. And so I do kind of go in and 
just allow some silence because that's when the magic happens, right? When we allow silence into our life. Do you ever just drive somewhere and never listen to anything and just think, right? I bet you do it without thinking about it sometimes, right? Because our brains get full from work. It's a great time to do it after work, I think, Uh, when our brains are full. So I try to do that right away in the morning and then do a little bit of um, scriptural reading and maybe a little Mm -hmm. meditation. And I do read because as a busy mom, that's the only time I find that I can sit and read. But, you know, the big game changers for me just talking about prep for sauna is making sure I've got plenty of water because no one wants to be uncomfortable, making sure I've got that towel to get the waste off of the skin, right? Um, And then just having something to that I enjoy doing, like, I don't want to get out of the sauna when I've when I'm reading a great book, right. Um, And then there's some other things as well, like visualization, I've got like a whole pile of stuff in my sauna that I that I'm working through. Um, It's kind of like my, this is like my secret box, like no one come in here and and bother me (laughs) type thing. I've got like quotes uh, taped to the outside of the glass to look at things. It's great. So let's talk a little bit about the mechanics a little bit. Um, When you get in the sauna, what temperature, you know, you said something that reminded me of this. Uh, I was wondering, can you infer how people are handling sauna based on how they're reacting, right? So I would have thought if you were sweating more, you had more to get rid of, potentially, but that's not necessarily the case from what you just said. It's almost like a muscle that you flex, and you get better at sweating as you do it more. Is that what I understand? It, It is. And as a culture, we don't really sweat enough. We don't sweat like we used to, like our grandparents did or our great grandparents. You know, we used to work a lot and that's how we survived. We would, uh, you know, be at hard labor, and uh, tilling fields and things like that. So we're really designed to sweat. But a lot of us, our thermoregulation is shut down for a lot of different reasons uh, because of toxicity is, is one of the things we've seen. So you may have to, most people actually, have to train their body to sweat again. And it can be frustrating. Now, know that even if you're not sweating, you are facilitating detoxification. And we found that out. It's been over 15, 16 years. People with multiple chemical sensitivities, we were putting them in the sauna and they just would not sweat. But over time, we saw that they were getting better and then many of them would sweat again. We did urine and feces uh, sampling And we saw, ah, they get in the sauna and the toxins are going out through these organs of elimination. So we're increasing that. But to get yourself to sweat, some of the things we recommend is in the beginning, take a hot shower before you go in. That way you're pre-warming the body. Um, Try to do this regularly, at least three times a week. Um, Try to do it at the same time every day. So there are little tricks. The skin brushing helps too because it opens up the pores. And uh, most people will find that they will sweat over a period of time. Um, But even if you don't, some people never sweat. Like I'll go in, if I go in the sauna with my wife, by the end of the sauna session, I'll just be dripping and she'll just be glistening, you know. So it is different with everybody. But that's that's just some uh, indications and some uh, different ways. I find that, and I'm curious your thoughts as well. I find that if I, I prefer to get in when it's about 120, and mm-hmm. the magic happens kind of between 120 and 130, that's when the good sweat gets going. And so yeah. I prefer to like time it just right or try to time it just right. Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's only 100 degrees. Oh, man. So uh, yeah, I yeah. really like it at that temp. Is that what you suggest as well? 
everybody's different. And it's um, the one thing I'll say universally is that you don't want the heaters going on and off. So some people say, let's say you find that between 120 and 130 is good for your sauna experience. Then they'll set set the temperature at you know 125 or something. But that if they if you do that, then the heaters will turn off once the sauna hits that temperature. So it's a little different with the infrared sauna. You want to hit it to the highest temperature, which on our saunas is 158. It will hardly ever get to that. We just do that for commercial saunas that are running all day. And then if you get too hot, open the door. Don't use the temperature to try and control the heaters because if you're sitting in 120 degrees and the infrared heaters are turned off, let's say it's reached that temperature that you set, then you're just sitting in a lukewarm room and there's really nothing happening. So I want those heaters to be on 100% every second that I'm in the sauna. That's really critical. Yeah, and you had mentioned earlier that infrared just penetrates one or two inches. So that's a good conversation about what should you be wearing in the sauna? I mean, I know what I'm wearing and it's don't come over to my house between 6 and 8 a.m. and come downstairs <laughs> yeah. if you don't want to see this. But, you know, what about for people that are maybe in a public sauna? Um, what yeah. What's ideal? So in a public sauna, obviously, um, you know, dress accordingly. If you're in uh, Germany, the people go in even... Uh, public saunas without any clothes. But in the U.S., that's usually not the case. Uh, at home, you want to wear as little as you're comfortable with. The infrared will go through clothing, so it's not a huge deal. But it's just, um, you know, the preferred way, the, the more therapeutic ways to go in just as you came into the world. Nothing on. I like how you're just very zen. <laughs> very zen. I like it a lot. Uh, so loose clothing at most is kind of what I recommend to people because otherwise you could get yeah. a little uncomfortable anyway, sweating through exactly. tight clothing. And comfort exactly. is kind of important through this whole process. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we don't want the heaters going on and off. Uh, right. And I'm just really curious, actually. Have you traveled to other countries and, and experienced their sauna experiences? Oh. My gosh, my favorite sauna experience is when I go to Korea. So the Koreans embrace saunas like nobody else. And the uh, Korean sauna is actually usually a huge building called a jimjibang. And they will have 14 different types of saunas. And it's a very family-oriented place. And the different types of sauna, uh, they'll have different temperatures. Some will have precious gemstones in the walls. Others will have salt floors. Uh, they, another one will have steam. Another one will have charcoal on the wall. You know, all these different things. And they are serious. These jimjibongs, uh, they might have two restaurants. They'll have a separated men's and women's area where you have uh, different uh, temperatures of baths. And uh, you can even sleep there. I mean, it's a it's a whole thing. So that's in Korea, in 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 Seoul, usually, which is the center of Korea. Um, that's my favorite sauna experience. And they have infrared as well. But mm -hmm. you just get the whole gamut of it. 
Yeah, that is really interesting. There's a lot of conversations we could have about just those types of saunas. Okay, so let's see. We've talked about how the sauna works physiologically, right? Increasing vasodilation, improving blood pressure, um, burning um, calories, even the passive aerobics, and then a little bit of uh, this natural high that happens, right? Talked a little bit about parasympathetic. We talked about, I think we want to make sure we don't forget to mention you know, what's going on with the sauna is that there is detoxification happening through the skin because detoxification happens through, you know, organs of elimination, right? Liver and kidneys, skin, mm-hmm. lymphatic system. And you'd brushed yeah. on, you ta- you touched on the brushed on the lymphatic system when you talked about dry brushing as well. So, you know, that's a big point, uh, is the detoxification, but also the other physiology that happens. Uh, so we're raising the core temperature. Is there any one that sauna is contraindicated for, would you say? So there's contraindications. So if you have um, a rheumatic disease uh, like uh, lupus or there's different conditions that heat will exacerbate, heat will make the condition worse. So with those type of conditions, I always tell people consult with your physician, you know, just tell them, hey, I'm going to be using an infrared sauna. What do you think? Uh, What should I look for? And I say that also because, um, Rheumatoid arthritis is one of those conditions. And we used to say, oh, you know, if you have that, be very careful. And then a big study came out from, oh, it's been over 10 years now. And they showed tremendous outcomes in reduction of pain and and, um, mobility for people with rheumatoid arthritis. So just, just try that. So other conditions, if you're pregnant or if you're nursing, the time to detox is before conception. And uh, there's some differing thoughts of this, but my recommendations are always uh, not to sauna during those periods of time because you can mobilize toxins. Um, Implants seem to be fine, and that goes from any metal implants or silicone implants. The infrared will just basically bounce off, and it isn't a a big problem. But those are the main uh, contraindications Of course, if someone has a heart, again, a lot of these contraindications, I uh, tell people if you have a heart condition, talk to your doctor. But then there's so many research studies talking about how infrared saunas help heart conditions, like what I mentioned about reducing by half sudden cardiac death and endothelial tissue repair. Um, So, again, talk to your physician. And be aware of what's going on, but uh, research it. And then uh, it's just there's so much research out there. It's just amazing. I've been collecting research now for a good 10 years. And I've just got volumes of it. So Right. Absolutely. It's interesting how much research there really is to support infrared sauna and also the different research for the different types of infrared. Wouldn't you agree? There, there is. And uh, so the thing to realize that, um, and, and it's interesting in our profession, in the infrared sauna world, how these different types of, uh, you'll have some people saying, oh, only near infrared, that's the only way, or only far infrared. But what they don't realize, the people that are uh, talking about near infrared, is that usually what gives off near infrared will be some type of bulb that also emits light. So the near infrared also gives off far infrared and mid infrared. The only way to get a pure uh, near infrared, unless you're using little LEDs, 
that only give one wavelength is to put the near infrared through water. It's called water filtered infrared. Then you filter out the far and the mid. Anyway, we use all of them and they're all beneficial. So it's, uh, we try to stay out of the controversy, but somehow everybody's trying to, everybody's got a soapbox, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So one of our listeners, yes, was wondering about sauna during pregnancy because in Finland, they Mm -hmm. sauna all the time, right? And so it just kind of, but you're exactly right, right? We do want to detoxify before conception if possible. Um, Yeah. And it could be that in Finland, everyone's using the sauna so much that their toxic burden is not like we are here in the States. Um, You know, CDC does testing on toxicity and the average person is walking around with about 240 toxins in their body. And it's not really made – people are not really made aware of their toxic burden. So it's uh, something to investigate and figure out how to, uh, how to work because toxicity in the body, and I know you know this and talk about it, it will mimic different, different diseases, you know, uh, autoimmune things and uh, obesogens. So there's a lot there to study and understand and then heal yourself. Absolutely. Lots to lots to study, and it all kind of goes back to these core things that are really good for us. I have a few more questions, and one of them was about you mentioned earlier that just because you're not sweating doesn't mean you're not getting good benefits from the sauna experience because you had tested bowels and different things. So, what um, can you say about changes in bowel movements after sauna? And you know, personal question here. You know, for changes in in bowel movements, that's an interesting question. Um, That's nothing I've ever seen a study on. So I would just be shooting from the hip to say, oh, I've seen that or experienced that. So that, you know, that's a very interesting area. And I don't have a good answer for that. That's okay. I just think that anything is possible when you're getting rid of things, right? Yeah, well, you're you're inducing tox, you know, a, a, a detox in all ways. And you're also uh, coming in and loosening the muscles and everything around the body. But uh, I wonder if there is a study. You know, as soon as we get off, I'm going to look that up. Right. I've never seen one, but there might be. Uh, And we didn't we didn't mention how on that note, how sauna can be really useful for uh, post exercise um, recovery Mm -hmm. and whatnot, right? Yes. Yes. So for exercise physiologists, um, there's, a, there's a lot of buzz now about heat shock proteins, of production of it, but the very simple fact is that infrared saunas are used, uh, you know, we, we've shipped a, a bunch of these into different health clubs over the years and CrossFit and all this. So people will use the saunas pre-workout to help to stretch the muscles out and relax the muscles so you don't hurt yourself. And then post-workout, because you're going to help to lactic acid and you're going to, what I call a warm down, you know, you're letting your body warm down and not, not shocking it. So it's, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on with uh, fitness and uh, infrared right now. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. You talked a little bit about ways to augment and get the most mileage from your sauna experience. You mentioned specifically, you know, maybe encouraging the heating up process by taking a hot shower before. Is there other things that you see people doing that you feel like is okay that helps them improve their whole sauna experience? Like I have a friend that does, um, 
that uses uses like some reduced glutathione before and a detox binder afterwards um or just yeah. some other things or exercising on one side or the other i mean you kind of just spoke to that but anything else that that rings a bell there yeah so um i actually uh, uh develop a relationship with a fellow arnie kander who's a sports physiologist and works with a lot of the big uh, different sports teams over the years great guy and he said they he's been using infrared for training for professional sports um, people for decades. And what what he said he liked to do was to do very light exercise, like maybe just have they would put like a little um, lymphatic, you know, what what are those called the, that you bounce on um, the rebounders, but yeah. just sort of very easily have your feet on something and. And just bouncing or, or a little cycle machine, but very easily, nothing that you're trying to really kill yourself, but just some movement or little movement exercises. Because when you're in the sauna, you're not only relaxing the body, but you're opening up your neurology so that even these little movements will have greater impact in the sauna. So that's one way to uh, spend your time in the sauna and, and up your game. Um while you're in there. So glutathione's great because that's going to help in the in the detox. Uh, you know, anything that you're doing is going to be amplified by the sauna. So mm-hmm. those are those are two things I think would are are really good. We use aromatherapy a lot. Uh, that's that's a you know as long as you're in the sauna, aromatherapy, color light therapy. Uh, there's a lot of things while you're spending time to uh, you know make it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to start integrating aromatherapy into my sauna experience, actually. And speaking of color therapy, my sauna happens to have, you know, many types of lights, right? And so when you're using chromotherapy, which is something I really still don't know a lot about, um, is there, I'm guessing there's a lot of research around chromotherapy, which is, you know, you can, maybe I should just allow you to tell us about chromotherapy. So uh, chromotherapy is, uh, it's been well studied. And you can what I what I tell people to do is just again, I'm, I'm a great advocate of Google. Just go in, do a search chromotherapy, because you will see systems that talk about how chromotherapy uh, works with different chakras or works with different organs or works with different moods. So you can find just about anything um, in there. One of the things that most people aren't aware of is that if you're in an area where the sun doesn't shine, then if you use blue, that will affect for a seasonal affective uh, disorder. So uh, yellow's used a lot of times. They, people say that it helps to uh, with indigestion and purification of the skin. Uh, green is associated with calming and harmony. Uh, blue is, uh, like I said, for seasonal effective, but it's also good for, uh, the joints and, uh, violet is good for, for lymphatic system. So each color, it's not just, um, what somebody says it is, it's more for you to go in and really tune into your body and go in and let's say put red on while you're in the sauna and see how your body reacts with that. So part of the infrared sauna and, and part of healing, really, in my book, is to gain more 
body awareness, more awareness of of uh, living in this body and 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 having your understanding and feeling and and getting better at uh, understanding what's going on internally. And so color therapy is one of those ways to experiment. I love that one right there that healing is about increasing your own awareness of your body and yeah. what makes you feel best and not your best. So at the end of the day, try sauna, see how you feel. If you had the experience like I did the first time, which, you know, actually, this is a really great point. When you're calling a sauna place, uh, and you're looking for a type of sauna, what do you want to look for in a quality sauna experience? Because I remember the smell at my very first sauna experience not being mm -hmm. great. You know, I was sensitive. I was sensitive to smells more so at that time than even now. And so I think that's a great point. Um, if someone's going to call around and look for a place to go sit in an infrared sauna, what should they ask? So, well, let me ask you a question. What was the smell <laughs> when it, you, was it like old, old sauna that a thousand people sweated in or something or I'm not sure that's a good point right like okay. make sure you have a make sure you have a towel sitting down and I don't know if it was cedar yep. and I didn't like the cedar or I didn't yep. know if it was like glue I just remember that it wasn't a good yep. it was like a I just remember it not being positive right and sometimes when th something's not a good experience we we just don't even have like a positive yeah. reaction to the whole experience who knows it but. could turn you off so I tell people uh if you're going to a sauna center uh, it's kind of like picking a, a, a doctor, a chiropractor, or a dentist. Try and see if you have any friends that have gone there and get a recommendation. But barring that, here are the questions you can ask. Ask them if it's a low EMF sauna. So a lot of the saunas out there still to this day, people will go into saunas and they don't know that they're being bombarded with a high amount of dirty electricity. And that's counterproductive and it's not healthy. <clears throat> so that's number one. Uh, number two, you know, just get a feel for the people and, and uh, what their orientation for healing is. And that may be difficult to do uh, over the phone. But, uh, you know, you get pretty good at sizing up people like what type of establishment is this? Is is sauna something just they put a sauna in a room somewhere? Are they understanding and using it? The other thing is just uh, find out which saunas do you guys have you know and then you can go online and look that up and and find out a little of what your experience is going to be so some places will give a free session just to try out the sauna so then you're not really committing a lot of a lot of uh cash at least you know you're committing your time mm -hmm. but uh, i think that emf is the very most important thing and then look in the sauna and, and see how the heaters are placed. If a sauna has heaters that go up above the head, or if there's no saunas, remember when I talked about that it's the infrared wavelengths coming into the body. So you wanna get into a sauna that has heaters in the front, heaters on the side, we put heaters down by the calves, even put heaters under the floor. You can't see them, but they're there. So it's important to have a sauna, infrared sauna that the heaters are all around you and if the heater's going up above the head, that shows me that that whoever did that sauna didn't really understand what they were doing because infrared doesn't heat the air. You really don't want to heat the head. There's no reason for that. So anyway, those are some of the things to look for. Yeah. Interesting point. It makes me kind of curious, like, who makes saunas with it in that place now? But I suppose you can find anything out there, right? 
You can. When, when I started my company, there were only two infrared sauna manufacturers in the whole country. And uh, over the years, we've just watched them kind of come and go. So it's been, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting. Okay, so today we covered, we talked about detoxification in many ways and other benefits of sauna, as well as the physiology of how the sauna benefits you with raising the core temperature, uh, vasodilation, uh, how you can exercise while st- sitting still. I'm just joking because um, <laughs> it makes me laugh a lot, right? Um, we talked about how it's such a great self-care piece and helps you do that whole relaxation, activating that parasympathetic um, side of your nervous system, which is so very important. We talked about getting the most out of your trip to the sauna, making sure you have plenty of water to take in um, loose clothing, toweling off, uh, the types of heat that would be best for sauna. Um, are we missing anything from the benefits or anything else that you wanted to make sure that, uh, people knew today about saunas? One of the things, and, and, and people, when they even hear this are very skeptical and that's that we've seen a lot of people lose weight, uh, by getting in the infrared saunas, but there's so many weight loss things going on. So what we did is Oh, I guess it's been six years ago. We partnered with uh, Binghamton University, uh, SUNY in New York. Actually, they came to us and we supplied the saunas and they did a a four month study using uh, saunas three times a week for 45 minutes. And they found that in an average against a control group of people who didn't use a sauna, they lost 4% body fat over 12 weeks doing nothing else except using the sauna. So that's huge. And if you're losing weight, you're losing toxins. So that's the one thing to uh, to bookmark. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure, right? Uh, I have actually a, another podcast episode probably coming out right around you that we where we talk about fat being, you know, an endocrine organ and kind of producing its mm-hmm. own things. It's it's got a mind of its own for sure. Oh, that's one I want to hear. That's I find very fascinating, and I love how you put it all together. How you uh, you know took what we've talked about. And then put it in a good outline. I found that really useful. Well, I was just trying to summarize, like you can summarize 20 years of experience in the sauna industry. People like a good, concise (laughs) sentence, right? Yeah, that's (laughs) true. And I'm not always great at being concise. So, Dr. Duncan, if... You, if someone asked you what your gut reaction was, um, if someone's listening today and they say, wow, I had heard of saunas, but I thought they were rock boxes or I haven't mm-hmm. been in a sauna since the pool room when I was a kid, you know, what would you tell that person? Yeah, I'd say the, the proof is in the trying, you know, just try it. If, if I hope if, if we've done anything today is just encourage someone just to try it, to be open enough to see, again, how does your body feel in an infrared sauna? And then go from there. Yes, absolutely. In fact, you know, that's really where when I was opening my brain and mind to having a sauna, we talked about how it can be perceived as this luxury to have a sauna. But honestly, self-care is not a luxury. It's a necessity. And it's a necessity that most of us are ignoring. And that's why probably one of many reasons why we have you know, very poor health outcomes. So this is just one way you can do multitasking 101. (laughs) You know, you can, you can benefit your life in many, many ways by sitting down, taking a breath of, of infrared air (laughs) and, Uh, uh, and enjoying the experience. Right. So, so Dr. Duncan, where can people find out more about your sauna company and find you online? So we're easy to find. We're infrared sauna.com. So it's infrared sauna.com. 
And there's a lot of good information, and uh, people have been kind enough to send in testimonials, written video, and, and I find those the most useful because companies will say all kinds of things, but you know, it's really what have people found in using the product? And and I look at this this company is my practice. I don't practice as a chiropractor. I became a chiropractor because I wanted to make some difference in the world. And this is how we make a difference. So it's very fulfilling for me. And we um, we love our customers and we we take care of them. So that's the bottom line. Yeah, I dare you guys to go out to YouTube and and find a video of Dr. Duncan because he really does have this great aura, right? I mean, I just, I don't even know how to, I don't have a great way to just, I'll come up with something and I'll send it to you about how to describe you. But, you know, I mean, really, I watched 45 minutes, you know, intently of you talking about the saunas and I thought, yep, this is it. This is the one I'm going to get now. I just got lucky enough to find the perfect one, right? And so, um, so this is a good point. Um, I love your mission and I can tell you're really living in your purpose. And uh, I really thank you for sharing some of your wisdom with us today. Well, thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure working, and uh, I can't wait to see your your next uh, podcast or listen to it on on Fat. All right, so, sounds great. Sounds okay. great. Thank you so much. One of the best gifts you could give us at the Less Stress Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stress Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 